What's up, guys? How's it going? Sean French here with another episode of the Determined Society. Today, I have a special, special guest, guys. Christopher Coy. He is an actor. He's not only an actor, he is my cousin. He is my family. I'm super excited about it. As you can tell, I'm all jacked up, trying to make sure everything's right here. Chris has been in a multitude of things, but the most important thing that I love about Chris is his journey, the things that he went through at a young age to get to where he's, he's at right now. Um, he's been in a plethora of things. The Walking Dead, Banshee, Trimming, True Blood, Walking Dead, uh, and my personal favorite, Castle Rock on Hulu. Absolutely love the performance in there with that one. Um, yeah, man, this guy's great. Uh, we're just waiting for him to hop on. Um, but I want to say thank you so much for listening ahead of time. And please do me a huge favor. The only way this is going to grow, guys, if you share the episodes, please. We aren't doing any ads right now. I'm trying to grow organically here and give you guys minute-to-minute -minute conversations with the best guests, the best ideas, and the best chats. So we're just going to continue waiting for him to hop on here. It's actually we're a little early. We got a couple minutes. So um, we got some big guests coming up, guys. We got a lot of things going on. We got Chris today. I got Becca Chamberlain coming on later on this week. And I have Rick Laidman of Beyond Motion coming on this week too. So we have a lot of people coming on here. And then we do have another guest that I have scheduled for the end of January. I'm not going to announce yet. This one's big. Um, they're all big to me, right? It's all the Super Bowl. Like every single, every single episode that I do is like the Super Bowl, even if it's just a solo cast for me. So that's what's up. I, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we're doing things a little different now. As you can see, we're on camera, right? Got the Determined Society logo in the background. We're going to be doing it like this because I just heard that I had access to video via Anchor and I'm able to download my video or upload my video to Spotify and it show video and then it transcribe audio to all the other platforms like Apple Podcasts. So I promise you guys that is not an advertisement. That is me, it's just me talking through some things while I'm waiting for Chris. I hope you guys are having a good 2022 so far. It's been awesome for me. Um, yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, we're at 359 right now, guys. When this guy hops on, I'm going to warn you, he's full of energy. You're going to absolutely love him. He, uh, he's a trip. Um, you know, one of my favorite things about him is his ability to find humor and joy in everything that he does. Uh, it's, it's one of his gifts. I believe it's his superpower. Um, but, uh, hopefully he hops on soon. I can let him in. Let me check real quick. Still not here. Still not here. So we will continue to wait. We'll continue to wait. Um, some big things coming. Again, like I mentioned to you guys, I'm going to be launching some things next week. I'm going to do a series on Instagram Lives. I'm going to name it. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to name it yet. I do know what I'm going to name it, um, but I'm not going to tell you guys yet. And I'm kicking off with a big, big guest. He's, he's the man. He's, <laughs> he's an incredible dude, but I'm not going to spoil that surprise either because it's worth the wait. I'll announce it soon. Trust me. I'm going to start promoting this thing like right now. And every week there's going to be episodes, right? There's going to be episodes, episode one, episode two, three, four. Most likely will be, oh, here he comes, guys. We'll get to it. Where's he at? Let me see that face. Woo! What's up? <laughs> Look at that shirt. Let me see that shirt, bro. Oh, this? This is just yes. a little something to yes. throw on. I don't quite fill it out as good as you. Bro, I just <laughs> gave you the proper introduction, bro. I warned oh, everybody really? about your energy. I'm just super excited you're actually wearing clothes. <laughs> bro, so, you know me so, so well because that was the only outfit I considered other than this Determined Society t-shirt was nothing at all. Is there anything else? No, I know. And I just knew like, you know, the obviously podcast, they're, they're going to hear me, but you can't really hear nudity. And so, well, you know what you can, if it's you, because all your energy is super loud and appreciated. But the cool thing was, is yesterday, guys, he sent me a text and he said, 
Um, is this thing going to be audio or is there going to be video as well? I said both, brother. We're going big on it. And I, I'm glad he did because um, I, if I wouldn't have told him we were going to be on video again, he would not be closed. So, um, Chris, I was telling everybody a little bit about you. I, I, did, I did you the most justice possible. Um, I, did, I did mention that your favorite work that I've ever seen was Castle Rock on Hulu. That was a good one. That's a fun one. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fans of that show, and then a lot of fans of my work that that appreciate that one especially. To be honest with you and and with them, um, I had just had hernia surgery the week before no I before I filmed that, and so uh, I was on a lot of opiates. <laughs> That's probably why it was so damn good. <laughs> and <laughs> but um dude people will reach out and be like man i love like that you gave him a limp and there's never mm -hmm. any mention of why and like what a weird creative choice mm -hmm. and i'm like no i just literally couldn't walk right um <laughs> i just had a it was gnarly... like real it was like real. yeah 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 and um, then, dude, I, I love that one um i love Treme. and dude the one my personal like way back when when it first came out when you were Barry the Bellboy, um, sure. on yeah. on True Blood that was like one of the very first things that she did right. That was my second see. job ever. Yeah, second job ever. And your first job I think was something to do. No, your your first year you broke I think Tom Hanks record or something like that for things that you were in. I remember talking to you about that years ago. Yeah, there was like um, a first year work record that was like. Um, which is, I don't know if that even exists really anymore because now there's so much with new media and all mm -hmm. that. Now there's so many opportunities and jobs to book yeah. and stuff like that. Although at the time it, it never felt, it, it, it never felt like more concentrated or, or, you know, abundant in terms of job opportunities or less abundant or whatever. It all, it always has felt the same to me. It feels like there are so many opportunities out there and there's just no way you're going to get them all and you still want them all. And mm -hmm. like, so there's this, like this bottomless well um, of like ambition, if you're willing to like reach into it and go after it and like, that can be frustrating, but it can also be so um satisfying you know like there's as much sustenance as mm -hmm. you can as you can handle but but so anyway yeah that first year that i booked a job um i got reached out and told that that from the from the day your first job airs uh until a year after that the casting world or someone you know sag maybe Mm -hmm. uh, keeps track of how many jobs you book in that year, but they've got to be uh, a film with a million dollar budget or more, or maybe a half million dollar budget or more. And then it's got to be uh, major network or cable mm -hmm. television shows. And Hanks, um, and it includes like, if you get a series regular, it counts like six of those episodes. It doesn't count like all 22 or mm -hmm. whatever. And, um, yeah, I think Hanks, his first year that he booked, booked like 11 jobs, 12 jobs. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, in, uh, in 2000, and from February of 08, of 09, from February of 09 to February of 2010, Koi booked 14. Yeah, that was a thing. It's dope, man. man. Uh, so what's more impressive, dude, it's impressive. And, and like, before I get to what's most impressive about you to me, just as a family member, and I love you, obviously, we're, we're family, we're blood, but um, one thing that people may not know about you, and someone on Facebook says, make sure you cover this, um, you were a badass martial artist as a kid. You, I mean, you travel all over the world and, and win tournaments. You mind chatting a little bit about that and kind of maybe how that set the tone for not just you as a person um, in your career, but as a father and a husband? Sure. I'm actually back in it now, bro. Oh, um, yeah. I have a tournament in Watch February. Out. That's my first like return to the circuit. Uh, I feel bad which, for people, man. That's going to be dope. Huh? 
that's gonna be dope i feel bad for people man <laughs> we'll see you know uh i'm definitely dude i've aged it's uh which i would i, I swear wasn't evident to me until i got back into a ring and i was like oh that <laughs> leg doesn't work like that anymore <laughs> uh, yeah but surely man and uh, that stuff helped me helps me uh every day um most of it most of the value i think was just in the work ethic was in the discipline and also specifically for my journey with acting um martial arts training or that lifestyle especially when you start young like i did they really drill words like perseverance or you know mentalities like right. that into you and um and so for me it served me because by the time i got out to uh los angeles and it, everybody was talking about oh it's a grind and like oh it's it's a pressure cooker and you know you're gonna go in this room and all these eyes are gonna be at you i was like yeah but nobody's gonna kick me in the face right perspective like, right yeah and i was like well that sounds easy enough and then also like it was like you know you're gonna do a thousand of them before you ever win one and mm -hmm. it's like well at least it's not ten thousand you know let's go like and that all came as a consequence of just you know um getting beat down and and trained properly mm -hmm. in martial arts i was lucky enough to have really really gifted um instructors um not just gifted physically but in terms of teaching like they right. they really knew how to shape um an athlete or 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 a person mm -hmm. um and and dude i think too with like with anything that the people are really good at i just fucking loved it i loved that shit i loved for a lot of those same reasons that when i got to la it worked like i love that pressure i mm -hmm. think that i perform better under it and that's something that's palpable to me and it turns me on like i already can can sometimes um feel like a bit of a cocky bastard and so i like feeling good at what i do mm -hmm. but then to like be able to feel a shift and get elevated because of that pressure just feels sexy to me feels good to me like and um it always drove me to to continue trying to get better and you know first i went in, in terms of martial arts um you know first i just wanted to compete i wanted to know what it felt like to be in a tournament and then it was like well i want to win a regionals and so then like i won fuck, over the course of those years man dozens and dozens of regionals mm -hmm. and then i was like well what's the nationals feel like and so then 11 nationals later it was like how do i how do i get a world championship and you know it just never stopped and then it was like well i want to I want to be on the world demonstration team. I want to go to Korea. I want to, and that's how this is too. And I think you can attest to this as well with your own life and, and journey that like a lot of people think they're like aiming for some finish line and it's not there. There's, there's, there's no, there's no fucking finish line. Right. And that's, and that's one thing that I've always appreciated about you. Like I may, I may have never come out and say, it, but I'm going to fucking say it now. We have always shared the same ability to create what we want in our life. Sure. There is, there has never been a moment where I've been around you and you have been in a shitty mood. You have maybe been upset at something, but you always have been, had the ability to find the positive in that and be grateful in that moment. And with that, you've been able to attract whatever you wanted in your life. Mm. And I feel like you and I share that, right? Um, and it's always been, it's never been with us like, hey, we're ready now, right? We're ready. Let's go do this. All right. I wasn't ready to start the Determined Society. I wasn't ready to start a podcast. I wasn't ready to start any of this shit. And were you ever really ready to go to Korea? Were you ever really ready? And we're going to get to this, graduate early and fucking go to LA? No. But what it was is sometimes in life, I'm sorry, not sometimes, all the time, you have to do the shit before you're ready. It's true, man. And then figure it out along the way. So it's one of the things I'm most impressed about with, with your journey. And, you know, so speak on that because I feel like you're a spiritual person. You know, I feel like 
you know, you, you, you have a higher level of understanding of how this world and this universe work and this universe works. It's just my opinion. That's just my perspective. Sure. I mean, I certainly believe that we manifest what we want and that, um, you know, that in, in terms of uh, most people's struggle, I think that the, the largest obstacle is themselves. And a lot of the time it's internal. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, and we all, you know, we all doubt. We all, I, cert- I definitely have moments and even days, weeks sometimes where there's this like voice in my head that I like, I'm like, will you shut up? Like, will you stop yeah. telling me I can't do it? Like, yeah, the limiting and, thought, those limiting thoughts and beliefs are telling you, you're just like, hey, you got to block them out. That's the thing. Right, like, exactly. So every think, day. Right. And that's a natural fight that I think that everybody has. But mm-hmm. what's important is that, like with any fight, is just that you keep fighting is that you mm-hmm. keep telling that thing to shut up. You keep yeah. moving past it, walking around it, pushing through it, whatever the hell you got to do. Um, because ultimately on the other side of that fight is manifestation is you either, you know, it's not like we're, I'm not, ma- I'm not building a house with my mind, but I can, but mm-hmm. I'll bring this, the first step to myself. I'll bring it into my life and, and then be able to recognize it and, and, um, take action. And I mean, I think, I think it's most important, like when you start something, you know, whether it's an acting career, building a business, you know, coaching people, you have to start with that end in mind, right? You have to know what it looks like. And then you reverse engineer it and you start from point A, right? And you start doing the actions that you know are going to get you to that end result, right? It's not like, okay, I'm going to be an actor and let me figure out what I need to do to get there. It's like, this is what I want to do. This is where I see myself. And now I got to reverse engineer this thing to life. Sure. Sure. And I think too, that, you know, back to the launch pad for this conversation that like, it's not really about knowing what you have to do or knowing that you're ready or anything. In fact, it's about not being afraid to just go. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's whether it's your your ambition with your career or or relationships or being a parent like so many people out there like how do you know when it's time to, to how do you know when you're ready and it's like bro you will never ever ever be ready they'll yeah. all three be here and you're still not ready you and figure like, out every single day that's right all day long one meltdown at a time that's right and like it's it's always something new popping up that you weren't ready for and that mm-hmm. i think is like um a key ingredient in in anybody who's successful is you know adaptability or or just being able to kind of go with the flow and be okay with a lack of control you know kind of um just killing the chaos like just getting in there control dude that word yeah that word that word gets a lot of people in trouble what what i found and you know it's always it's a cliche but we can control the controllables. We control how we wake up every morning. Are we grateful? We control if we get up and we go outside and we hit the roads, right? We control if we go work out. We control if we read, read script after script after script and really try to get in to that psyche of that actor, right? You control that. We control that. And I think that in life, if we can just continue on a day-to-day basis, focus on what we can control as an individual, then we're, then we're much better off. Then we can win that war against ourselves every single day. Sure. But if we're looking yeah. out, you know, things that are completely outside of our control, like what are we even doing? It's it, at that point, it's insanity. That's right. And you're missing out too on, you know, there's a, as opposed to controlling what's coming to you, you should, I feel like trusting what the universe is giving you is so much more important. You know, if I, if I had spent, uh, my career, or if I was spending my career now, like trying to control every job that I get, did based on my own comprehension of what that job was going to be, where it was going to take me, that's mm-hmm. fucking ridiculous. Because like yeah. I have no idea, and no, no, neither does anyone else. Like if there's anything twenty years in, I know it's that some of the best scripts I've ever read ended up being the biggest piles of garbage I've ever seen on screen. <laughs> And some right. of the worst pieces of shit I've ever not even finished turned mm-hmm. into the fucking Hunger Games. 
you know, turned into huge game changing (laughs) vessels where like people's whole fucking lives were changed for generations to come. And so ultimately, yeah. And so now, or I would say that, you know, for the last decade, I don't, I've let, I've let go of the reins a bit. Like Mm -hmm. I wake up, I work out, I take care of myself. I take care of my family, but I understand that like, I don't control the weather Mm -hmm. and whatever happens on the road is kind of up to something else. And as long as I can like, just keep it between the lines, like, I don't know where we're going and that's okay. And with that acceptance and trust, I swear came success, came like, here's a job that I think I would have been like, oh, what is it? I don't understand what this is going to do for me. And it's like, well, how about you just shut the fuck up and go for it? And like, mm-hmm. I would go and then, dude, like, it would either turn into something that was bigger than I expected it to be, or I would get a job a year later that would change my whole life. And when I finally got to talk to my boss or the creator or whoever and be like, why me, bro? They'd be like, mm-hmm. dude, I saw you in this piece of shit and you were so good. And it's like, if I would have never done that piece of shit, if I would have been, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, we, we don't really know what's coming and that's okay. And dude, if you, if you, if you work hard and then you trust the universe and you trust that like you'll be rewarded for that effort dude you get surprised all the time or at least i do dude i'm laughing because i love the shit out of you man because everything you're saying is resonating so much right i, I was thinking about this the other day you know i was and this is a stupid analogy but i'm the dude that likes to tie everything together you know that right mm-hmm. so i'm sitting in the parent pickup line you may have seen this video already but i'm sitting in the parent pickup line and there's a roundabout Right. So all the cars and, you know, parent pickup lines, like those fucking things are ridiculous. I don't, I think it's a new thing. I don't think there was ever that chaos when we were kids, but so parent pickup line straight and there's a roundabout. Right. And all of a sudden I saw the the cars just cutting across the the roundabout. I'm like, dude, why aren't these cars following the rules and going around the deal? Right. Like what's going on? I wasn't trusting what was in front of me. Who am I to judge the future? Like, I don't know. I don't know what these people, first of all, I don't know what these people are going through. How dare I say, well, why don't they just go around the roundabout? Like, there's a reason, right? So as I got closer, it was my turn. There was a whole bunch of cones that were falling over. They were just a bunch of cones that they couldn't go. And so right then I said, my journey is simply that. It is a journey. Whatever's going on in my life, I need to accept that exact moment for what it is. And then later on, maybe two, three, four, maybe five years down the road, then maybe I'll know what the fuck that moment was for. But for me, I need to be grateful for that right there. Yeah. And I have goosebumps right now because you you literally just you literally just touched on what I've been working through for the last five days Mm. of just everything going on in my life, in my family's life, like right now is for a, a, a better purpose. We're gonna come back better at, at the other end. Whether we perceive this moment as bad or good, right. we're gonna be better, better people for it. I mean, straight up. That's right, yeah. It's, it's more fun too, to um, even just like in your, in your own vocabulary to like when something um, that you see as, as bad or, or you know, a shitty day or some mm-hmm. you know, random occurrence is happening it's more fun for me nowadays to like, when that's happening, even if I'm like, it, sometimes it happens like in my frustration, I'm like, fuck, like what the, and then like, I'm like, wait, 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 instead of why is this happening? It's like, what is this? Like, what is this? And what this is, is it leading for to? Me. This happened Yeah, for exactly. Me, I'm like, me, right? okay, I get it. Like, I'm like, I'm still just like a monkey person and I don't know why, <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. why this, there's no bananas, yeah. but like, there's a yeah. fucking reason. Like, fuck it, right? It's yeah. there. I'm gonna roll with it. I that's think it's right. just important, you know. Like, man, I mean, that's a whole other. We can do a whole other, you know, episode on that. But you know, the, one of the things, dude, that that really stood out, and I really appreciate about you, is when you were 17 years old. I believe you were 17. Forget, you know, if I'm wrong, correct me. When you graduated high school early, mm-hmm. and there was people telling you not to do it. The principal of the high school. 
was trying to almost everyone almost everyone who who loved me was like don't do this <laughs> I, I don't even remember i might have been one i don't know you know but i mean but shit man i mean because you you love somebody and and dude sometimes the people you love don't give you the best advice for your career it's true because you, it's something you feel you know so but dude it, it was really impressive because it wasn't about the fact that you just did your deal anyway it was the fact that you were so young and so impressionable right like you were a kid dude and you yeah. and you you were steadfast and and you went out there and you did it you know and and the thing that impressed me the most is and we had conversations about it i think probably two or three years after you came back and we were probably getting smoked over at grandma's for uh sure for, sure i mean for uh christmas eve but you know you went through some adversity out there and people were telling you to come home. Yeah. Dude, I had, I had moments in the room. I had auditions where I got stopped halfway through reading a scene. And just so the guy could be like, what, what made you think you should be out here? Like, let me give you a piece of real advice. Like, go back to Milwaukee or wherever it is that you're from and, mm -hmm. like, do something else. Because this isn't your club. And I... I mean, God, to be honest with you at the time, you know, I went through six years of that. It was six mm -hmm. years of failure before I got mm -hmm. my first real job. So before that first year where I booked all those jobs happened, yeah. there were, there was just under six years where I had full representation and I was auditioning regularly, at least two or three times a week, usually. Mm -hmm. And it was literally, you know, a, a, a couple thousand rejections um a lot of which you know probably a quarter of weren't nice about it um but again you know um in martial arts like i was a little guy i wasn't the big mm -hmm. tall guy i certainly wasn't big and ripped and there was a lot of times where it was stacked in front of me or it felt like or people would, would say like, well, you know, yeah, you'll, you're gonna make it to nationals, but then you're gonna have to fight Peter Boyd and he's 6'4 at 14 and he's just gonna mm -hmm. rip your head off. And mm -hmm. uh, Boyd, if you're listening, I still remember that five to nothing victory, dog. Nah, uh, well, hey, I'll tag him in this. I'll tag him, <laughs> he's gonna listen. What's his name, Peter Boyd? <laughs> yeah. Hey, be careful. He might be pissed. He might be 6'10 now and probably get back. Yeah, he probably is. No, and he and never, might have to kick his ass again. Training, probably. You might have to beat him up again. Well, know? I'm going to see him in February and he's going to be like, I heard that shit, bro. <laughs> I heard that shit. Um, well, if he but, listened, if he actually listened to the episode, you better share it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, though, uh, the point being that, that on, on top of, all of that it was the when i was leaving like you like you started to say and everybody was saying you know don't do this and you're, you're a sharp kid and why don't you go to mm -hmm. college and i had a couple scholarships that we could have utilized and mm -hmm. um it didn't really matter it, it, you know somebody could have paved a, a golden road for me to go elsewhere but i had a um a feeling like a certainty in me that like nobody else could feel or hear or see Mm -hmm. but it was deafening to me and so um, powerful, brother. It's i had to i had to go yeah. and throughout those six years of rejection that that voice never quieted it mm -hmm. always was like they don't know there's i'm telling you there's something about this and on top of that it was that i genuinely loved it you know mm -hmm. i i really really enjoyed the craft and um, the required commitment and discipline. And I knew that once I started working uh, or booking jobs, I knew that there would be this physical element to it that I was just aching for. Like I, I worshiped people like Christian Bale and Gary Oldman and those kind of actors. And I wanted to play that game. And there's just mm -hmm. no like other arena where you get to lose 55 pounds for a job mm -hmm. or or get fat for a job or or just get ripped or or you know even playing with that playing with my shape whether it be like extreme like big and fat or 
you know, dying from AIDS. It was like all those, all that fun stuff in the middle too, where it's like, well, just because I say so, this guy's going to be lean and mean. So like, we're going to switch up my whole routine. It's going to be heavy cardio mm -hmm. and low weight, high reps. And we're doing seven days a week and let's go. And then like the next guy, just because we say so, he's like, he's more mass. He's just big. And like, let's do that. So let's. The, the, sorry. So do, do, do they, do they tell you what the character looks like or do you get to feel the character? A lot of the times you, you get to make those calls. And again, that's what that's I do. With, you know, with certain, times, certain times it's obvious, like, or it's written, you know, with, mm -hmm. with the deuce, we always knew that Paul was going to die from AIDS. Mm -hmm. Right. But season one and two, they didn't say anything about what he looked like. All I knew was that um, there was an eight year uh, time gap between seasons mm. and in the first season i'm playing him at 22 mm -hmm. and so i was like well he's a 22 young gay guy like i'm just gonna he's gonna be really lean and just toned as hell because i know they're gonna mm -hmm. rip my shirt off at some point and then right. we come back for the second season and just historically speaking late 70s it was 1977 78 in uh <clears throat> in new york city um the gay community had really gotten into because of this really it was because of this uh, erotic cartoon uh tom of finland who mm -hmm. was this like jacked leather wearing fucking guy that had become this sort of cultural phenomenon that had swept through the community and that was that was sexy was like this big right. muscular guy and so you know nobody told me that wasn't written in the script but it was an opportunity for me to be like, well, I think if he's the stud, which that was written, that he's a stud, mm -hmm. he'd probably look like this. And I've awesome. got the time and the resources. So let's, let's pack on 30 pounds of fucking muscle. Let's go. And Damn. again, like, I just, I loved that shit. I still, or I love that shit. And, yeah. and I knew back then that, that I was, that that was going to be, one of my layers and that I wanted that, but the only way to get there or even taste it at all was to book jobs. And so it didn't matter that it was six years of no or 10 years of no. Right. I was gonna wake up every day and tie my shoes and run head first into that brick wall. Fucking love it, dude. Um, you know, back it's, to it's, real quick, real yeah. quick, just because I'm, I'm on it, that like, it goes back to, to what we were saying about how there's no end to this journey, um, you wake up and you run headfirst into that brick wall and it knocks you the fuck out. And you wake up on the floor the next day and you like dust yourself off and you run back into that wall and it knocks you the fuck out. And over again, man. And then eventually you run and that wall comes down and guess what's on the other side? It's another fucking wall. And yeah, like- Just different. Just, yeah, exactly. It's just- the, it's, now it's, it's a different wall. Right, now it's marble. Are those jorts? Can I see those? Are you what? wearing jorts? Are you wearing jorts? Uh, I was, but dude, that's hilarious. I was all day, but I'm just wearing the, I just have my Nike socks on now. Oh, just I'll your socks? You. Look, bro, I'll show you my feet. I, this whole time you're sitting there, I'm talking, I'm like, he just wants to see my feet. No, I, I thought you were wearing jean shorts. Oh, I thought you said Jordans. Yeah, Jordans. I am wearing Jordans. Oh my God, those are like the incredible whole fucking shorts. <laughs> you can see them? That's, you can sit down now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love you, man. You know, it's funny because when you're when you're talking about that, you know, you're, you know, this 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 deafening voice that's inside your head of like exactly what you need to be doing that nobody else can hear, but you can not only hear it, it's deafening, and you can probably you probably felt it physically, right? It's that pull, it's that gravitational pull to what you're supposed to be doing. And I can relate to that. You know, but the thing that's great is as human beings, we have a choice every single day to wake up in our story or to walk in someone else's, right? And, and what you've done, and this is, why, this is why I wanted you on here. It's just like, yeah, I want to sit here and talk to you. You're my, you're my cousin, but like, dude, you're, you're, you chose to wake up in your story no matter what anybody freaking told you, right? And so like every day you're waking up and whether it's the six years of rejection, that's your story. That's a blessing. Like that literally made you the fucking father you are, dude. Agreed. 
and the husband you are. Like you're, I mean, you're a phenomenal father and a phenomenal husband. Mm. You know, and and dude, and and I'm gonna tell you, man, we've always had a good relationship, but our relationship has been, you know, I've grown up too, right? But like, I'm just impressed, man, because th- that's. Well, dude, likewise, I I appreciate that though, cause but but likewise, man. I mean, yeah. look, we both we both did pretty damn well, man. And it's like all this other stuff, which is you know the majority of what we're talking about, and that and that's and that's fine, and and this stuff is important, and everybody mm-hmm. out there wants to wants to be good at something and wants to figure out a way to 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 get it and and accomplish whatever it is and. I think this stuff's important to talk about, but, but ultimately right there, what you're talking about is that's the good shit. It's like, we both became, despite ourselves, we both became (laughs) really great partners and fathers. And And I'm not gonna lie, dude, I don't know how we pulled it off, but our wives are absolutely gorgeous. I do too, man. I'm, I'm like, uh, again, those are, those are the moments where it's easy to be like, this is my story. Yeah, like when I wake yeah, yeah, up and yeah. see her, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I can do this again. I can do this I'm shit again. I'm definitely the main character. I'll do one more. I'll do one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another 24 hours. Let's go. Yeah, it's not a bad racket. Um, thank you, though, brother. Thanks. Mm-hmm. What up? Um, dude, what's your what's your favorite, your, your most favorite project that you've done, man? Uh, it's probably you know just because of uh, more time in it more effort required and the most challenging was probably the deuce you know um skidding out of my own personal comfort zone and um and then it had this physical element to it where i bounced around and weighed and then in the end like you know i went from 205 of all muscle to mm-hmm. um 150 205 to 152 um is that right yeah 205 to 152 um of just like skin and bones to to die in season three and th- that um that journey you know was it was so much fun and so satisfying in its difficulty and in like the depths of my own discipline that I had to mine for and Mm -hmm. discover Mm -hmm. and like by the end of of it it was like on top of not you know it's like at at base level it's like you got to learn your lines or whatever but by then like I knew that man so well and it was also one of the rare occasions where I got to play somebody who I know was just, he was a better man than me. He's just mm-hmm. a, a hell of a human being that, that I got to help build with this incredible team of writers and, um, and producers. And, but to, on top of all those sort of creative elements, there was this like, you know, the last three weeks, I think my dietitian and nutritionist had me down to uh, under 500 calories a day. Jeez. So, yeah. And so like no physical exertion, like I literally could go from like the couch to the bathroom and mm-hmm. um, obviously no like alcohol or anything like that. Right. It was like I could have like a hard boiled egg. 12 unsalted almonds and I could snack on um peppers but even then like I could only have like a handful and so like you would would space that out throughout the day and uh it was a hell of a thing it was like um but also well certainly looking back at it but even in it it was still fun like it was like this is such a weird and singular experience like so few people have any reason to do this to themselves and then on top of that being lucky enough to to be doing it the right way with proper guidance and so much support and like it was awesome it was like it was a real real big moment for me both as a professional in my industry but also just as an as an artist and as an individual and like 
getting to the other side of that and being like, I did that and, and I know mm-hmm. I can do that. And uh, it left me with this even deeper feeling of like, I'll take all comers, bring it on. Yeah. Like whatever it is, let's do it. Um, which ultimately, I don't think if, if I hadn't done that, I don't know if, so right now I have a show on ABC called Women of the Movement. I do want to uh, talk about that. I haven't watched it yet, but. That's okay. No, no, no. And we don't have to, we don't have to talk. But um, on that show though, because I'm playing a real guy, when they offered it to me, I I was like, they're like, they want you to play this guy. And I look him up and I'm like, but I mean, this guy's, he's, he, he looks 20 years older than me and he's, he's big belly and so much neck fat and bald and i'm like are they gonna and so we call them we're like you know what i look like right now right like i had just finished a job where i was really fit mm-hmm. and they're like yeah 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 we were hoping that you would like gain 30 pounds and and we're gonna shave your head and you're gonna just live like a bald guy for five months and and i don't think that if, if i hadn't done the deuce if i hadn't already gone through sort of body dysmorphia and, mm-hmm. and gotten used to waking up in the morning and looking in the mirror and not really recognizing myself mm-hmm. it might have freaked me out but yeah. instead it was like it was the natural next move it was like well we've already gone the other extreme let's go this way and you're like all right let's go and yeah and what's what's interesting though is it wasn't as much fun losing all the weight <laughs> felt like discipline felt like hard work oh dude gaining weight you dude it's like living in just sheer instant gratification like yeah of course losing the weight that's delayed gratification right right and the and so the other way it was like within about a month i was miserable like every day because like i would wake up and i had to keep it on and i had and i ended up putting on 35 pounds but then like that's not my body's natural state and so like it Mm -hmm. would it would wear off and i'm energetic and i would end up like just Mm -hmm. like even if i wasn't working out just still be moving all day and you know and so i would be losing at least a little bit just naturally and so i had to maintain this fucking like wake up and eat a huge breakfast and then have like a snack between breakfast and lunch and then lunch and then two little meals between lunch and dinner and fucking just like it was miserable how many calories a day were you eating at that point i don't know because with that one that was the other thing too is there was no um with the with with losing the weight everything was charted everything was regimented it was like this routine uh, it was like science and then with that one it was like just fucking madness like i'll take i'll never turn down a beer i'll eat as if i see food i'm eating it you're gonna eat like yeah oh and then like drinking all night every night and like it all worked (laughs) yeah my god like when you say it I think some people are like, that sounds like a dream. And it's like, yeah, but too much of any good thing is still too much. Yeah. It was like, and uh, so, yeah, the last probably four months of that job, man, I was like, oh, man, you think a hangover is bad? Like, have a hangover and then, like, walk to the bathroom and turn the light on and look in the mirror and you see this, like, who is this person? Yeah. And, like, you've got to convince yourself that it's for the right reasons and, and all that shit. It was just a, I feel like a whiny little actor. Right no, now, dude, but, it's awesome. It, like, no, but it was real. Dude, that, 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 that is on the agenda. I did want to touch on this, this project because it's your newest one. So, you know, with that being said, when you have, when you went in the back, is there a second season? There, Are you going to do this all over probably again? will be, but it won't be us. Like it's an anthology series. Oh, so cool, cool! Every season tells a different story. Okay, those yeah. are awesome, dude. I like those. Yeah, um, cool. which thank God it was. I mean, I'm so glad that I am a part of it, and I think it's such an important piece. And I hope the whole world just takes it in. But I don't want to play that guy anymore. You know, like you don't was, want to be the fat guy anymore. It wasn't even that. It was who he is. He's a, he's just a, he wasn't really a man who deserved the voice or who, who deserves to be portrayed at all, but he's a necessary evil. Like, you, you know, you can't tell the story without the problem. And well, uh, me and Jack will have to go on. We'll have to stream it. It's, it's on ABC, right? Yeah. Well, it's, and it's, it's also on Hulu. So it streams on Hulu the day okay. after it airs. 
Okay, so cool. The first We're gonna have to get on that, man, because I was looking at it. I'm like, shit, dude, I got to get on this. I'm interested in it big time. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to watch it and to see you do your thing on another freaking masterpiece. What's next, man? So I'm also on uh, I'm on an Amazon show right now too, um, but it won't it won't be out until the end of the year maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the Peripheral, um, like Peripheral Vision, um, Sick. and it's by the same guys that made Westworld. Um, oh, dude, that's gonna be badass. That's gonna yeah. be out there, dude. Yeah, it's super. It's like it's sci-fi, futuristic. Okay. Um, it like straddles two timelines and there's all kind of, I don't want to, I don't know what I'm even allowed to like say, but no, dude, just, I'm it's excited, super, man. super cool and action drama. Um, and I think I can say that dude, and I get to play like, I'm like the love story in there, you know, no which shit. is fun for me to, that's cool. Kind of just get to play like, and it was offered to me while I was filming women of the movement. So I'm like doing a zoom like this with the producers and I've got a beanie on covering my bald shaved head and I've got it framed like this so they can't see my gut. And like I've got the camera like elevated so it's looking down on me so you can't see my neck rolls and shit. shit. And they're they're like, we want you to play like kind of this lover boy and like, you know, you're in good shape, right? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah man. We're on right now. Come when, on. Uh, I finished this job in about three weeks. When do you want me there? And they're like, four weeks. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. How'd you pull that one off? You go and Kentucky. So we, uh, we worked it out with the show that I was on that we had already featured enough shots, you know, accentuating my weight and showing that mm-hmm. I looked like the guy. And so um we just basically got clearance for me to go ahead and start shedding the weight and we would you know by me sitting behind desks or me you know wearing a baggier shirt and we would make Mm -hmm. it look like I still had the weight that it would be okay in the end if I started dropping those pounds to be honest I don't think they realized like how rapidly that was going to happen um but it worked out in the end and by the time you know and, and sure enough like when I got to London to start filming the peripheral, um, I was good. I was in, you know, I wasn't exactly where I wanted to be yet, but I was mm-hmm. in good enough shape. And then I had a couple of weeks before I had to do like a shirtless shot or anything like that. And so it, and it worked out. It all worked you know, out. So Which, I saw you in July. Yep. And then you left, I think, to film something after that. Was that to film peripheral? So I had just come back from filming Peripheral in London, okay. and then we filmed the second half of the series in North Carolina. That's so, what yeah. it was. And in okay. between, I moved the family from, from Cali to Florida, and that's where we saw you. Okay. Yeah. Try to put the timelines together. You know? It's, it's cool. true, man. And it seems like it's like chaos. But again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that like, if you put that schedule down on paper and handed it to somebody, or even me, if you handed that to me and were like, this is going to be next year. I'd be like, absolutely not. Like, this is madness. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. But by yeah. but by taking it one day at a time and understanding that, like, if it's being handed to me, I can probably do it. Mm-hmm. Like, if something's being presented to you, the universe is saying, like, how about this shit? No matter what it looks like, you can probably handle it. And like, that's that, dude. That's. That's something that I think everybody needs to hear, right? And we all need to understand that. We all need to move forward in this life really thinking about that because no matter what we're going through, no matter what the prescription you get to life, no, ma- no matter what, there's always a way through, right? right. And, and, I think, and I think that a lot of people give up on themselves in those moments and say, you know what, I'm not even gonna try it because it's too much. I mean, it's really too yeah. much. But what you're saying is like, no, you've, you hand me the script, you hand me what's going on next year. And no matter what, I'm going to fulfill it. I'm going to figure it out. Right. Yeah. And it's especially when you can't, I think that a lot of people, they get, they get afraid or they feel like saying no, because like mm-hmm. they can't picture it in their mind's eye. Right. And it's like, 
sometimes I feel like how, how fucking boring would it be if you could always envision everything? Like, dude, if there's the no twists and turns, man, what the fuck? Like, those are the best. Yeah, then movies, why are we bro? even watching the movie? Yeah, why are we even doing this life, right? Like, <laughs> right. I need to be surprised here. I don't want predictability right. constantly because that, right. that breeds that, that breeds complacency. It's true. That complacency is a killer. Right. Me, exactly. I want some shit to pop up every now and again, just like, all right, motherfucker, how am I gonna? That's right. How am I gonna navigate this? Right? right. So just like you know, you like saying that. like it's your story. Like, what main character in any? movie or show or book or whatever what main character just knew what the fuck was going to happen all the time in fact that's the opposite of the main character the main character is right. he's he or she or it or whatever has got to be fucking surprised and got to be shit on and then figure out how to clean themselves off and 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 figure it out like that's the whole point and so i love it man i love yeah. it i want to end with something okay because we're coming running up on time but i wanted to I wanted to ask you to picture yourself talking to someone that's about to do what you were going to do, that you did when you were 16, because there's somewhere in America right now and God willing, hopefully they, you know, this episode gets into their hands because this episode is going to get into the right hands. Understand that, right? Sure. This episode is going to be heard by however many people is in their plan, right? And it's going to serve them in their life. So what advice what, what nuggets can you give that child or just that individual that is about to embark on something that everybody's telling him or her not to do, but you know without a shadow of a doubt that inside it's the right thing to do? Sure. Um, well, the first thing that I, that I always tell anybody who reaches out to be like, what, what's your first piece of advice or what should I do or whatever? The first thing I always say to them is don't do it. Because like if me telling you not to do it, deters you like and it, this shit ain't gonna work mm. but like beyond that it's prevail it's 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 just in, in terms of simplicity it, it's it's just persevere it's just keep going mm. um because it's hard to come from a further place um at least domestically speaking uh than i did into this industry this this industry is is far and wide is a rich kid's game mm -hmm. you get out there you, you can't get in you can't get a job without an agent you can't get an agent without a job and you can't get an agent if you haven't been in classes but classes cost a shit ton of money and you can't really get a get in classes if you don't have somewhere to live and that costs more money than you've ever spent on anything especially if you're coming from anywhere other than los angeles or new york right like it's all so daunting and such like a constant paradox and again like we said throughout this whole thing it, that never ends like at first like you just oh i just need representation oh well now i got agents well i just need auditions well now i got a shit ton of auditions if i can just book a job well now i booked a job mm -hmm. need a bigger job well now i'm a series regular but i but i need people to see it well now i got a movie but like it's not getting a lot of traction and now like it's like there's always more even like we could sit fucking thor down right now and i guarantee you hemsworth is like man like i just can't get this to happen yeah like i want i want more than this and i can't mm -hmm. figure out how to get there but he's gonna keep going and right. i think that if that's gonna be the required behavior throughout the entire journey regardless of which tier of success you're on you better start right now understanding that like you got to get up and go every day I love don't it, stop dude. i love don't. it you know it all breaks down to why are you doing it right like what is what is the reason what is burning inside of us to do this and i think that if people can truly connect with that why of, of why they're doing something why they want to do something every single day it's going to give them a little more wind in their sail to continue to push right but not everybody i mean listen not everybody has that grit and fortitude, right? And I think that, I think it's something that can be built through self-discipline, right? And doing a lot of work on yourself. But for me, I just wanted you to say it because if you sit there and you tell somebody, hey, can I have some advice? You're like, don't do it. And they go, okay. Like, no, that's like exactly what, that's exactly what I fucking point. Right. Point, right? And, and, I, and I, think, I think that for me, I just think that's everything. 
You know, how many people told me not to do this? Right. You know, you got to start learning at some point, ladies and gentlemen, you got to stop worrying about what other people think. This is about you. This is your life. And if you have a gift, it is your responsibility to go give it to the world. Whether you're an actor, whether you're a podcaster, whether you're an influential speaker, a freaking mechanic, a grocer at Publix, it doesn't matter. You were called to do a certain thing. There's a purpose in life. And if, if, if we can, as people, understand what our purpose is and fulfill that purpose for the greater good of other people, then how in the hell can we be stopped? Right? right. Like, that's yeah. what it's all about. Right. So, look, man, I love you, dude. I'm going to call you probably uh, tomorrow. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to look at this and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so jacked. Dude. This is going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> when I, when I publish it, I'll let you know. You can share it out. Let's get a lot of people to listen to this thing, man. I think uh, we can help a lot of kids, a lot of a lot of people that are struggling. Because because to, to me, your your story is truly inspiring. And yeah, thanks, brother. I love you, well, yours too. I feel like some at some point you got to let me guest host, and I'll uh, I'll call you up, and we'll. I'll oh, we can set that up, dude. We can yeah. do a guest host. That'd yeah. be fun, man. That'd be a lot yeah, of fun. Because, we got know. we got a lot of fun shows coming up. I've got a, I've got a big one that I'll. Uh, I'll shoot you offline because I don't want to announce it yet. Um, mm-hmm. I'll shoot you a text of who it is. It's going to be pretty exciting to be on. That episode's cool. going to air on January 31st. I got two more this week that are going to be really good too. I got um, a girl that, um, a lady that I'm friends with, she was born into a cult. I was looking at that, man. That seems crazy. And dude, and it's going to be fire. When I heard her story, I like just had a physical reaction, like crying, right? And then I got a, um, a buddy who's a renowned trainer that's coming on this week. And then um, I'm, I'm building out the, the guests. But yeah, dude, like we can do it. We can do a, you can do it. We can do a guest. Uh, we can do well, a I just think that the reason, you know, the reason that you're so well-placed in this position is that, dude, you did this too. Like you, you lived a life of adversity and where, there was so much doubt i'm sure and too yeah. and you you became one of the greatest ball players in the world and played for one of the most legendary teams to ever do it and it's like and then on top of that to to get so close and then not get what you thought you always wanted and then figure out a way to to turn that into something that is helping people now and like or what you've yeah. been doing for years, you know, it's like, how many, how many gloves have come through Sean French over the years now? Like how many kids have gotten better at that game yeah. that they love so much because of you? And, and even, and then right now, like you're just building this community of people. And, and I think that every time that I see one of your videos pop up, I know that there's somebody out there that you're healing. There's somebody out there that you're appreciate helping, it, man. you know, um, I appreciate it. It's all about when we go through things in life and we don't get what we want, we have to find the reason. And what our job is to educate the youth and everybody else out there in the world that, hey, listen, this happened to me. Here's how I acted or reacted. It wasn't the way to go. Here were my results. Here's how I can help you from making the same mistake. Yeah. Right. And, and that's my journey right now. Everything that happened to me at LSU, the the injuries after injuries, the sitting on the bench, I never sat on the bench. I'm like, what the hell is that? I don't even understand what it was. And for, for, for me, going to LSU, having so much promise and, so, and being highly touted and all the expectations were on me, and I just wasn't mentally there, right? I, I was still in a mindset of I'm comparing myself to other people. Like, dude, look at that guy. He's like 6'4", 220 pounds and ripped. I'm you know, 5'11", 185, 190. Like, I can't play with that guy. And and it burned me, right? And then I ended up getting hurt. So that was a completely other story. But, you know, I, I did all that shit to myself, right? And I'm not embarrassed to talk about that anymore. Because for me, that is my story. You know, that's how I'm able to help other kids, right? And coach these other kids and, and speak to them, quite frankly, how I wasn't spoken to. Right. 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 It's um, I don't sit there and say, hey, you'll never see the field. Hey, I say, listen, we got some things going on right now that we need to fix or 
there's a high likelihood that you won't see much playing time. But here's how I see we can fix this. And it's on you to do it. And if you don't, hey, that's cool. That's your choice, right? But I think that we, when we grow up and we've, we learn through the way we've been spoken to and treated by coaches, um, parents, uh, extended family and friends, we have a choice. Can we, do we perpetuate that same energy on to the next generation or do we do something to fix it? Right. right. And that's the journey I'm on right now. So. Yeah, man. This is it, man. This is yeah. it. Oh, this is fun, dude. I want to do this with you every day, actually. It's good to see your face. Good to talk to you. Shit, man, I'm down. You can face some every day. Okay. Fun. Cool. Do me a favor before we get yeah. off. Remember, give Alice and the girls my love. Yeah. Hug the puppies for me. And that big badass boy you got, give yeah. him my love too. Cause that, <laughs> dude, that guy. We're get him in here. Let me see him. Just you, you or you can both come in. Yeah, you're here. Yeah, come on. What's the matter? Your leg hurts. You got two shots right in the leg today. Yeah. Yeah. Poor just, kid. just juice, just juice them just, up. Oh, is it just test? Any, yeah. Any DACA? Just, just regular test. Oh, James, what's up, brother? Hey, buddy, I love you, man. Did you get a shot today? Did you get a shot in your leg today? Does your leg hurt? He's being shy. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, Listen, guys, dude, I love you very much. Well, bro. Nah, I will, man. I will. And uh, I'll shoot you a text here in a minute and I'll uh, give you an update and uh, we'll connect soon. Okay. All right. Love you, bro. I love Have you too. Day. Later. Peace. Bye.